0: Welcome to Community Highlights. I am your host, Johanna Ergeta, and today our guest is Joe Dorman, the Chief Executive Officer for Oklahoma Institute for Child Advocacy. I hope you guys enjoy this interview and let's get right into it. Could you tell us more about OICA and the work that it does?
1: Certainly. OICA is the Oklahoma Institute for Child Advocacy. We're a statewide nonprofit that serves as the voice for Oklahoma's youth, uh, mainly in trying to shape policy at the state capitol and within state agencies. And in recent years, we've been doing some work at the federal level. Uh, We were created as the result of a lawsuit against the Department of Human Services back in the 1980s. And since then, we've uh, grown the mission of OICA to not only work on policy, but also to Uh, encourage advocacy and get more Oklahomans involved in the process and have their voices heard to benefit children in Oklahoma.
0: So you, you came into this company a couple years ago, correct? And why did you feel like this was an organization that you wanted to be a big part of?
1: Uh, I just celebrated my fifth anniversary here, and it's it's been an amazing experience to have the opportunity to work in this role. Uh, as a lawmaker, I served at the state legislature uh, for 12 years as a member and seven years before that as a staffer, and OICA had a fantastic reputation at the Capitol as far as promoting and seeing passage of some wonderful laws that helped Oklahoma's youth, and a few uh, few years ago, like I said, I just celebrated my fifth anniversary. Uh, My predecessor, Terry Smith, had decided to leave and go back to work for the state. And he reached out to me thinking that uh, this would be a good fit for me. And I was honored. At the time, uh, I was looking for a job that would be rewarding and allow me to continue working in the policy arena in some form or fashion. I swore to myself I would never go back to the capital unless it was all, that I believed in 100%, and I was fortunate enough to find that with OICA.
0: Well, then it seemed, it was very lucky for this opportunity to pop up for you. Um, as a former state representative, does, does that experience help you with this work? Like, what are some everyday activities that you do for OICA that you have found parallels with your work in former years?
1: In the work directly at the Capitol, it was beneficial to have that previous experience Uh, during the legislative session, February, March, April, and May. We are monitoring bills, helping uh, try and move the good bills along, uh, encouraging lawmakers to vote for them. Uh, We try and stall some of those bills that might be bad pro children that sometimes work their way through the system. And so it, using that experience from the past, uh, knowing the process has helped a lot, especially uh, when it comes to knowing some of the, the players, knowing the representatives, knowing the senators, knowing the staff members. It certainly has helped in that and knowing where to go and who to talk to as far as trying to get those changes in place. Outside the legislative session, Uh, For example, uh, during the uh, fall months, we do interim studies at the Capitol uh, and the lawmakers will request those, advocates participate in those. And OICA has been very involved in some of those over uh, the, the last couple of months and probably will over the next couple of months, trying to bring about thoughtful discussion and hopefully shape some policies coming from those studies.
0: So for for me, it seemed like a big part of what your organization does is try to bring about legislation that is good for children in Oklahoma State. What are some specific situations where you've found that this particular ruling is important or that something would greatly damage the work you guys are trying to do?
1: So a couple of the successful policy uh, issues that we've seen become law. A few years ago, we worked uh, to create a trauma-informed care task force that would look at how the state agencies are handling issues with childhood trauma and trying to encourage more counseling and better resources and hopefully try and stop some of those issues before they begin. So much of the work we do is preventative. So the more education we can put into that, the better off we think we will see for the future of Oklahoma. That task force is finishing up their work. They've made two uh, reports so far, and we're hoping that that work will continue to help reduce the adverse childhood experiences count in Oklahoma. Another one we just saw this last session was the restoration of the earned income tax credit which is a tax credit that working families can apply to on their their state taxes to get a little tax relief, uh, keep some money, and help with covering some of those expenses. Um, That was taken away a few years ago. We were happy to see that put back into the law because we certainly know that that financial assistance will help those families who are struggling to make ends meet. One of the bills that we worked on this last year that we tried to get stopped was House Bill 2899, which was creating a five year waiting list for individuals who would move to Oklahoma that uh, they would qualify for uh, Medicaid waivers, a uh, support for uh, the developmental disability services uh, list um, that we felt was unconstitutional. The uh, Biden administration through the Centers of Medicaid and, uh, and Medicare Services uh, agreed that that was not a viable law to put in place to require a five-year waiting list. And so even though we weren't able to stop that at the state level, uh, that was ultimately uh, stricken down. And we're working to try and come up with solutions with the lawmakers that would have a more reasonable time frame and still try and help those individuals get the services they need.
0: So um, before you you pointed out that a lot of what your organization does is preventative and a big part of preventing things is educating the people about them. How, how do you and the people you work with make sure that the general public has access to this information about how to maybe recognize trauma in children or get help when there is something off with their kids?
1: One of the the lessons I learned at the Capitol is you have to know where the resources are and certainly where to point people uh, to go to get that help that they need. So many people are just frustrated by the red tape of government and constantly uh, getting passed around uh, when they're simply just looking for help. OICA is trying to help reduce that. Uh, we work with a lot of organizations. So when someone calls our office, Uh, hopefully we will get them uh, pointed to the right direction to get the immediate help they need. Uh, We also work with lawmakers to make sure that those services are available and the state agencies are doing their job to make sure that it's as easy as possible for people to get the help that they need. And so working with those lawmakers, uh, making sure their staff is aware of the different nonprofits out there that are youth serving and the work that they do. We publish a daily desktop calendar at OICA that highlights a different youth-related statistic, a different nonprofit program that is doing good work for youth, and that's covered by a sponsor each day. And so having that information out there each day so people can learn about the different nonprofits in Oklahoma that are doing good work for kids, uh, we think is important to raise that awareness. Uh, We also hold a conference that's actually coming up towards the end of October called Fall Forum. And that assembles advocates from throughout the state to come together to share ideas, learn about each other, and to help us develop a legislative agenda that we will push forward for each legislative session. And we know that that's gonna be a very aggressive agenda and hopefully cover many points uh, as we develop that 2022 legislative agenda at our fall forum
0: for your previous agenda i saw that there is a focus on digital education which is a big part of this thing especially since for the last year or so we everyone has kind of been locked in their homes for a long time how how much do you think this is going to affect um, children's mental being and what measures do you think people can take to make sure that their kids are still having a healthy childhood.
1: One of the things that we felt was a great success was the funding of $10 million to go to OU Hospital uh, to put more effort into children's mental health. Uh, Roger Thompson, the Senate Appropriations Chair, Kevin Wallace, the House Appropriations Chair, uh, they saw the need to include that in the state budget and we were very thankful that that was included. There's no question there's going to be an increased need for counseling services and mental health treatment coming out of the pandemic. Uh, Locking students out of the schools for a year and not having that, that connection with each other, Uh, the ability to sit in the classroom together, uh, that was tough. Um, We understand it was done because of the pandemic and the need to keep people safe. And uh, certainly with the numbers of what we're seeing right now with the elevated uh, cases impacting young Americans, uh, we know that that was necessary. Uh, We want to see as many young people get back in the classroom as safely as possible. But that being said, those online services have been vital. And EPIC has played a key part of that, providing a resource that's been proven It has allowed those students to have that transition into a digital learning. And we know that there's no doubt about the, uh, that EPIC is going to be around, other virtual education services are going to be there. Uh, we wanna make sure that the resources are there and in place to make sure that every young person, no matter where they're learning, they get the best resources possible and they certainly get the counseling services that they need. And so we were very appreciative of the work that was done by Epic this last year and others to provide that opportunity to continue education and try and do it as seamlessly as possible.
0: A lot of focus on your organization of your organization is on parents and how they can help their children. Is there anything that you think maybe older kids could do to take better care of themselves during these times?
1: Uh, there's an old adage about uh, when you're an airplane and something happens, uh, the first thing you do is put the mask on yourself. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Um, that's true with quite a bit of points in life, especially with what we've seen in the past. We wanna make sure that everyone is as healthy as possible, mentally and physically, uh, so they can go out and help others. Uh, We want to make sure that every resource is available for individuals, especially young Oklahomans, uh, to get the counseling services they need. I had a friend who died in high school, and we weren't given counseling services back then. And that's something I certainly would have benefited from, dealing with that trauma and the, the loss and the sadness that resulted Uh, we've got to make sure that we provide those opportunities for students to get the help that they need. And then we want those students to go out and be mentors. We want them to be able to share their stories and reflect upon what they've seen and experienced and try and help someone who may be going through something similar. Uh, Just be a good ear to listen, be a shoulder to cry on, just be there for each other. We've got to make sure people get the help that they need so they can go and help others as well
0: with your past experiences on how mental well-being can be a really large factor in a person's life what kind of future do you envision with the work that you're doing what do you want to see as as young oklahomans grow up and they maybe they one day will go on and they'll take up the work that you're doing do you want what kind of improvement do you want to see in society
1: uh, throughout my entire adult life, the work that I've done is trying to build a better Oklahoma and improve upon what we we see and ensure that future generations have better opportunities. Uh, one of the uh, guys I look uh, up to in politics was Cliff Scott, and he had a saying that he wanted to leave the woodpile just a little bit higher than he found it, which means whatever he was doing and working on, he wanted to make sure it was left better for the next person who came along. And I I think that's a goal all of us should have. Uh, We should work to improve the conditions of everything around us so that next generation can see better. And that's something that I've tried to do as much as I possibly can in the facets of my life through work and even in my personal life. So I hope that as we're doing this work with OICA, that we can see a reduction in childhood trauma, that we can reduce the the percentage of what we face with adverse childhood experiences, which unfortunately uh, we're the worst state in the nation when it comes to those percentages. We've got to do a better job of getting help to families. So those families that might be raising their kids the way that they were themselves raised, not knowing that that was the wrong way to be raised, then we can help turn that around and that these future generations will have greater opportunities. Uh, Another person, David Prater, D.A. in Oklahoma County, I heard him say once that uh, we have at that point, it was about 800,000 kids in Oklahoma. Now it's about 900,000 Oklahomans under the age of 18. If we had one adult, 900,000 adults total serve as a mentor to one child, those 900,000 kids, the problems that we face in our state would likely be turned around in one generation. So with that plea, I would say, if you're an adult or even about to achieve adulthood, serve as a mentor, serve as a role model, work with someone younger than you, and hopefully it will help improve their lives. And then we will continue on that pathway and improve what we face here in Oklahoma.
0: On Oklahomans being mentors to younger generations, do you have any suggestions on how people can maybe begin that sort of journey. I know it can be really difficult first entering something, especially something as important as you're raising up younger generations that maybe these people don't actually have any familiar connection to. And that could be really difficult, especially carrying the weight on your own past experiences and trying not to let maybe um, bad experiences affect this current upbringing of young Oklahomans. So how do you think people could start into this and what tips do you have on them in trying to separate their own past with a better way of bringing up people?
1: Well, got plenty of ideas there. Like this is one of those questions that, those are the exciting ones because you get to offer a positive answer and there are answers out there. Uh, It comes from... Those experiences I had as a young person, having those many adults around me who served as role models and mentors and helped prop me up and give me those opportunities to succeed. Uh, While I was growing up, I was very active in 4-H. We had adult leaders and parents who helped us with that mission, Uh, going back to 4-H agents and the local uh, parents who helped out. even just to those older uh, youth who were active as role models. Uh, One of my favorites was Joe Thomas, who was a couple of years older than me that encouraged me in the 4-H photography program. Uh, Joe is now the president of the Arizona Education Association. Uh, He moved out there after finishing his degree and became a school teacher and then moved into a leadership role. And so even today, he still inspires me to go out and do good things. And I talk to him regularly. And that's one of those things when you find those uh, role models, keep in touch with them. Young people can do the same. They can volunteer for a program like that. Uh, They can get active in big brothers, big sisters. Uh, They can find a project that's near and dear to them and serve as that role model. And hopefully that will continue. One of the best jobs I have had in my life happened in my early years at the state capitol as a staff member, where the chief clerk of the house gave me the opportunity to create a mock legislature for the pages who were going through that system each week. They would come in on Sunday evening, uh, stay at a hotel and work at the capitol for the lawmakers for four, four days. They wanted to have some kind of educational component for the pages to learn something in addition to uh, doing the work that they did at the Capitol. And so I was charged with leading the House portion of that. And I still reflect back on that. That was such a fun time that each week those high school students coming through had the opportunity to page and they walked away learning the legislative process by actually writing a bill and getting to debate, do amendments, answer questions and participate in a system just like what the lawmakers do and I still am active in helping teach mock legislatures to this day and so if we can find something that you enjoy and will help benefit those young people and come away with a positive experience uh, we need to see more of that in the world.
0: So I, I have read a bit about that program and it's a very good way to get other um, young Oklahomans to to maybe better understand a part of our society that's difficult to explain. Do you, do you think that programs such as that are a vital part of raising up these young people?
1: I, I believe that without question. In fact, uh, we are working with the State Department of Education right now to expand upon a program that we currently do at oica Uh, we have the kid governor program that allows a young person who is grade school age to have the opportunity to serve in that role as kid governor for a year and help promote a message what they feel is important as far as a campaign pledge and they have the opportunity to go around do speeches and work on different projects to try and elevate awareness about that we this year joined a program out of Connecticut that has affiliates in several states that will help run the kid governor program and provide curriculum in fifth grade classes. So the students can learn about the election process and then those fifth grade classes that participate will have the opportunity to nominate a classmate uh, to serve as kid governor. They will have a chance to do a video and the classes that participate will watch a set number of videos, probably seven, that will be selected by our board of directors. And then those classes will vote on which one most impresses them and who they feel should be the kid governor for Oklahoma. And then that popular vote, whoever is the plurality winner, will get to be the kid governor for that year. So I'm very excited about beginning that work and seeing that come about in this next school year, uh, hopefully to raise more awareness with young people about the importance of elections and then finding some top-notch quality candidates to serve as kid governor and then work with them to help deliver upon the mission of what they want to see that will improve the lives of young Oklahomans.
0: So we're, I see we're kind of wrapping up on our schedule time. Is there anything you would like to say to our audience, maybe like direct them towards um, organizations you think would be good places to find resources or maybe highlight events in the future for your organization?
1: Absolutely. First, uh, I want to encourage people to go to oica.org and check out our website. Uh, We have several awards that recognize individuals in child advocacy. Uh, One of my favorites is the Jasmine and Melvin Moran Citizenship Award that recognizes young Oklahomans that are doing great work in citizenship. They've either created a program that is doing good work or they've elevated an existing program to a new level. And nominations close for that October 13th. So we are promoting that. And then we will announce the winner on October 20th at our fall forum. We do that annually annually. Uh, We took nominations for that earlier in the year and would certainly encourage young people who are doing good work to have someone nominate them for next year and the years after. Uh, We have a legislative learning lab that happens at the beginning of the legislative session. Uh, The first Monday of February is when the legislature begins. So the preceding three work days before that and then that first Monday in February, uh, we hold this conference to educate Oklahomans about the legislative process, similar to what we do with the mock legislatures for young people. Uh, We offer a variety of trainings and educational opportunities for people to learn about advocacy. As we figure, the more people that understand how to be a stronger advocate, the better off young people will be by getting them to exercise their rights and, and make sure their voice is heard with those policymakers. There are thousands of nonprofits in Oklahoma that work for the betterment of the people of the state, most of them uh, working with youth in some form or fashion. So I would encourage people if they have that spare time or encourage them to find that spare time uh, to get involved and help out a nonprofit because truly that is the way we're going to see Oklahoma become a much better state by getting involved in helping those people who in some form or fashion need that help. And so want to encourage people to go out and find something that inspires them and then be that inspiration themselves.
0: And that concludes today's episode. Thank you all for joining us. And again, if you want to know more about Oklahoma Institute for Child Advocacy, you can find information on them and donate at oica.org. Hope you all have a good day and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye!